Hi, my name is Mattia Murray, and welcome to The Longer Road. You are on The Longer Road if you have multiple intersectional identities that are often marginalized. You've had to work harder to get to the starting line, and you might feel behind. I'm here to provide hope, support, and practical tips, and to let you know that you're not alone. Thank you for being here. Today's title is Incandescent Rage, and I'm sure you know why if you're listening to this at the end of June 2022, or I guess beginning of July when it comes out. The Supreme Court has put out a number of decisions that are basically a huge fuck you to human rights and to the people and to the workers and to our safety. And one thought that just keeps coming back to me is that this new batch of Supreme Court justices, one of which was a stolen seat, they perjured themselves because they said they had no plan to change Roe v. Wade. And with this particular ruling about abortion, they did not need to get rid of Roe v. Wade. They could have made a smaller partial decision, still in my opinion would have been the wrong decision, but they decided to go the whole way and get rid of Roe v. Wade. And I had the great fortune and privilege this last weekend to be on my way to a retreat in upstate New York when the decision was put out. And that retreat was on radical gratitude, which we certainly had a lot to practice with that weekend. It was with Tosha Silver, who is an author I really love, and specifically her book, It's Not Your Money, is what put me personally on the path to being able to receive. I didn't even know that I had problems with receiving, but if you listened to one of my two episodes where I talk about money and receiving recently, or my episode about loss, which is also about my own history with money somewhat, I don't remember if I mentioned her specifically, but she was the person that really helped me realize how little I was allowing myself to receive, not just financially, but also emotionally. It was really huge. And I think that that's really common with trauma. It's common being the oldest child in a big family that basically my response to everything that happened to me was to just say, well, I don't need support. I don't need help. I'm fine on my own. I don't need anything. Ended up becoming a pretty aggressive minimalist at different points. There was a point in my life where I did not own any towels, which is kind of hilarious. So anyway, Tosha Silver has beautiful work about offering and surrendering and at the same time, living in the real world and never ever bowing down to abusive people or toxic situations, always putting yourself in a position where you can take care of yourself and take that next action that you need to take, which again also informed my own approach with my parents, for example, where I did a lot of forgiveness work around them and a lot of compassion work, and yet I'm still no contact. So Tosha's work has had a big impact in my life, and when I found out that she was doing a retreat fairly close to me and that it was accessible to me, I went, and it was lovely. And we pretty much just jumped right in with how angry and upset we all were about this. Not just Roe v. Wade, but this entire set of decisions that was handed down over the course of two days. And I loved the way that she put it, which was, this is not about expressing gratitude for the decisions themselves. They are terrible and they are going to hurt a lot of people and they're going to hurt a lot of 
people who were already struggling and already marginalized, which is part of the reason I'm so angry, even though it's not surprising. And I saw it coming and I grew up evangelical, so I know that this has been in the works for 40 years. It's not about gratitude for those bad things happening. What she was talking about was not necessarily being able to feel this gratitude, but expressing gratitude for our own inner emotional experience based on what has happened. So in my case, right now, I would be saying thank you for this rage. Thank you for my feelings of powerlessness. Thank you for the burning quality of this anger that I have that makes me want to get into action. And in the case of numbness or overwhelm, even if it's not feeling anything, thank you for this numbness. And to my mind, the power of this particular practice of being able to say this thank you, again, even if it's not an emotional experience in itself, even if you're not actually feeling the gratitude, just the saying the thank you for these feelings, it does two things based on my knowledge of how the human body works. First thing that it does is it's a noticing and naming practice, which is something I've used quite a bit personally to grow my own sense of safety. If you're noticing and naming what's happening in the external world, it's a mindfulness practice. And same thing if you're noticing and naming your internal experience. It's still mindfulness when you're noticing what's going on inside yourself. It can also increase your interoception over time to be practicing, noticing, and naming. Similar tools are pretty commonly given for dissociation, specifically to come out of dissociation if that's the goal. And then the other thing that this exercise of thanking, giving gratitude for the emotions that are happening is that by acknowledging them and not resisting them, just letting them happen, it's one way to just let them process through the body. And the physiological side of emotional states, that physical sensation of high or low arousal and positive or less positive valence, the body's attempt to reach homeostasis by giving you those signals, again, that only lasts usually 30 to 90 seconds. And what I notice when there's an external circumstance such as the Supreme Court right now and all of its effects on human beings is two things. One, it's very easy for me to latch on to that feeling state and start to spiral with it instead of just letting it process through, you know, by starting to add in my own thoughts and fears and projections about what might happen and thinking about my own experiences and my family experiences and bringing in all these other things. You know what I'm talking about when we do this. Again, nothing wrong with it. It's just a much slower way to process the emotion. Again, if that's something you want to do. So I've noticed that on the one hand, that it's easy to start spiraling because there's a lot of related feelings I have around this and related thoughts. And the second one is that because this is such a big issue and so complicated for me, and I have so many feelings around it, this intense incandescent rage keeps coming up over and over throughout the day. It is definitely not a one and done for me. 
And what I'm personally really loving about this particular gratitude practice, what Tosha calls radical gratitude, and she does have other steps around this, including feeling the feeling. So she would, she actually had that separately, I think, feeling the feeling and saying thank you for it. For me, the saying thank you is the processing. It is the feeling, the feeling. But just to put in, if I'm understanding correctly, what I think she was saying first around feeling the feeling, she meant it in that longer sense, not the 30 to 90 seconds that the physiological arousal is happening in the body, cresting and peaking and coming back down. But when we are spiraling with it, or I mean, for myself, I sometimes don't even notice until I'm pretty far into the feeling state when I've already kind of been cycling for a while and I'll notice, oh wow, I'm really upset right now. So part of what she was talking about with that, with feeling the feeling is it's totally okay if you want to quote indulge or let that part of you who is so angry just be angry. And again, I keep using that word just because that's one of the primary feelings that's been coming up for me along with fear. But I've talked about fear and anxiety a good amount on the podcast. So I wanted to talk about an emotion that I haven't talked about as much. And I don't think I've talked about anger much. So letting yourself have that experience, feeling the feeling, doing whatever you need to do. And the goal is not to jump to saying thank you. It's to say that when you really are ready to let it start to process. And because I've done a lot of different modalities that move emotions through the body in various ways, I'm typically more on the I'm ready to let this go sooner side of things because I know it's going to come back. For me, letting go of it is not giving up on processing it more because it's going to come back for me. So I tend to do it a little sooner, but the feeling the feelings part can be as long as you want, right? So feeling the feelings, saying or writing down thank you for, and then filling in the feelings that you're having. And again, not necessarily actually feeling gratitude, but just saying the thank you and letting that be enough. And again, letting that process be whatever it needs to be, take as long as that takes. And then if you want to, if this is part of a practice that you do, offering all of that, all of those feelings to love, to your higher self, whomever, which is sort of setting it down for now, allowing it to rest or just not be your concern and under your control for this moment. Again, I've done various practices around that. Being able to put things down is an important part of emotional regulation. But if it's always the first step, if the first step is always to just drop things and not feel it first at all, not process it at all, even just in that quick 30 to 60 to 90 seconds feeling, if it's more just dropping or ignoring or compartmentalizing, again, nothing wrong with that if that's where you're at and that's what you can do to get through the day. But to me, it feels very different than, okay, I've let the feeling move through a little bit and now I'm setting it aside in some form. And one reason that I ended up really liking Tosha's work is because she is really not pushing any particular brand of God or spirituality or anything. She's Jewish, so she's totally fine with 
atheists and whomever using this work if it works for them. And I really appreciate that. And then the last step she talked about after that is to open up to receiving. And that could mean receiving different or more nourishing feelings. And for me, again, this is just a cyclical process that just kind of keeps happening, I don't know, 20 times a day right now. The other reason that I used the word incandescent in particular, other than that I just like the idiom incandescent rage, is I think anger is an important tool that has helped move along various civil rights movements. So I also mean incandescent in the sense of a light bulb and being the light, having that fire, stepping out and speaking up. I am so far on the left myself. I'm so progressive that pretty much all of my friends, all the people I'm hearing from pretty much agree with me overall. Like I'm not really seeing any bad takes right now, but I am hearing people talk about things they are seeing and reading. And obviously I know what my family would be saying about this, my especially extended family on my mom's side, most of whom I unfriended and disconnected from around the Trump election because I found out that they were all wildly racist. And that was horrifying. I guess not surprising, but anyway, if it is safe for you to do so, and if you have people who having their mind changed isn't even necessarily the right word. I don't think words are enough right now, but personal stories, your feelings, your experiences, if you too are feeling strong feelings and feeling lit up by them, and if it is safe for you to share, your voice matters, your emotions matter. I think sometimes sharing and and this is not just social media, but obviously social media is a main way we put things out there at this point, a lot for a lot of people. But even in conversations, letting your real emotions come out and be part of it, even if it means you are, quote, less articulate or making less of a good argument, your point actually comes across better when that real emotion is there. So again, that's why I said incandescent rage. We can be like a light bulb and be using our genuine emotions to speak to people in a way that they may have a bit more ability to hear than just arguments or facts or data, because we know that that has not been working for a long time. I've also been thinking a lot about this idea of personal healing being a relatively more white supremacist or empire type structure. Not that personal healing is bad, but the extreme focus on it in our society of personal healing and therapy and just the way that we've structured healing and removed a lot of the community aspect from it. And then also how perfectionism is a tool used pretty actively by both the patriarchy and capitalism to keep people from taking effective action. And right now, and I could be wrong about this, but my take right now, my bias right now is to err on the side of action and taking action, even if it's imperfect. For example, if I'm donating or volunteering at an organization and the organization 
seems pretty good overall and relatively not problematic, not openly problematic. And then I later find out, oh, there's this other organization over here that's actually queer indigenous led. Awesome. I will switch over to that other one when I find it. But I don't want to get stuck on just cycling in research and trying to make the perfect decision and take the perfect action, because I actually think that that is a totally not subtle tool that the current system uses to keep us in our place and to keep us from being a part of change. This is a very big nuanced idea, so again, not claiming to be totally right on this one. That's just what I've been thinking and feeling right now is I would rather be able to get into action. And I was thinking about ways that I can support other people in doing that because a lot of the people in my circles, for example, have mental and physical illnesses or disabled or neurodivergent, are poor, and are going through plenty of their own shit. And one thing I would like to be able to help with is to help folks who are just feeling overwhelmed and not sure what to do and maybe feeling stuck or in that perfectionism of trying to figure out what's the perfect next step in order to get involved or just feeling totally hopeless, right? Like feeling like there's nothing we can do, which I totally understand. And I have a couple things to offer on that front if that's where you are. First is know that this was by design that you feel this way. This is not a personal flaw on your part. The system is literally set up to keep you overwhelmed and struggling and not able to have the time and resources and emotional space to rise up and do anything about the system. Obviously, the system does not want that. So just knowing that there is nothing wrong with you in that regard, if you are feeling hopeless or overwhelmed or stuck around taking action, I think that's kind of how it was set up to be. The next is to encourage you if you do have some capacity to help and put yourself out there, whether that is financially or with time or with supporting other organizers. For example, if you do know people who are doing amazing work and you're able to help coordinate to get them food and transportation, things like that. Anything where you're supporting people who are doing the on the ground work is to give yourself some space to do your own safety practices, self-love practices, whatever helps get you grounded. And certainly if you are out there involved in activism directly, where you are potentially actually unsafe or emotionally unsafe because of the words that you're putting out there, giving yourself time to complete the stress cycle as you can. And that pretty much has to mean, part of that has to be disconnecting sometimes. So not just reading social media from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed because we're all in this rage together, right? Not just being in that energy all the time, but taking some breaks where you are setting things down and taking care of yourself. And that might include asking for help, taking care of yourself, if this is hard for you. Asking someone to spend time with you in person 
and keep you accountable to not looking at your phone for that hour or whatever. And doing whatever your body needs in terms of movement, food, rest to come back down and complete that stress cycle. Again, it may not be possible to do this as thoroughly as you'd like, but this is not a binary all or nothing. Any amount that you do to bring your system closer back to safety is going to help you be in a better energy to go back out and keep fighting. And if you know, if you're looking ahead and you've committed to a certain amount of work or activism, whatever it is that you're doing, if you know you're not going to get a break and not going to be able to complete the stress cycle for some time, looking ahead, if at all possible, and carving out some of that time, again, this can be small amounts of time cyclically. That's kind of ideal. But if it's looking ahead and saying, okay, this is a weekend where yeah, I could go out and do this thing, but it's my only free weekend in the next two months. I'm going to take it to help my body actually calm down or asking for help again for people to give you some support. And I just want to say, if this is kind of sounding overwhelming, again, executive function difficulties can, or just being exhausted, right, can make it hard to plan this kind of stuff, hard to ask for help, hard to coordinate the help. That's work. It might be helpful to treat this a little bit more playfully and see where you can squeeze in a little bit of this rest and safety time. And play is actually a really great antidote to some of these things. Play being one definition of play is engage in activity for enjoyment and pleasure rather than for a specific purpose. So anything where you're just doing it for fun, not only is play in itself, if you can actually take some time for it, rejuvenating and active recovery, but I like it as a frame when you're feeling overwhelmed about rest <laughs> to just be like, okay, how can I treat rest as play and sneak this in around the other things? If that's again, where you're at, which I think a lot of people are at that point of overwhelm. So that's that second big piece I have to offer. If you're feeling this overwhelm around what to do or feeling stuck around what to do. So first was knowing that this is by design and it's not a character flaw. Second is making time to complete the stress cycle and take care of yourself, especially if you're doing the really hard work and out there on the front lines. And the third is if you find my, I don't know, voice, presence, work helpful or soothing, if you find what I'm putting out there helpful, I welcome you to come connect with me for a 20 minute call. This is something I've never offered before, but I really felt called to because I feel like it's something I know that I can do, which is to help people have in a pretty short call, just an energetic shift around what it is they're feeling stuck with, not for the purpose of extended, deep personal healing. Although I love doing that work as well. The message I was kind of hearing right now is more just get the personal stuff just good enough that you can get out there and be involved in the community work, be oriented toward community healing rather than personal healing. And that's why I created these 20 minute calls that I'm going to be doing through the end of July. 
and their sliding scale because I'm trying to make them as accessible as possible. And if you sign up for it, it's just the minimum of $20. And then I have instructions in there. If people want to send me more, they can, but totally fine if not. And if you want to do this and $20 is not accessible for you, just send me a message and I will make it happen. The only thing I ask if you do sign up for these is that you be interested in what I'm offering, which is an energetic shift and not just words. This is not just about creating the perfect plan to get into action. I'm thinking of it as an energetic shift to help you get into effective action. So if that resonates with you and you're interested, if you go to calendly.com, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com slash Mattia M, M-A-T-T-I-A-M slash shift, you'll find that page there. And of course, I'll also put it in the show notes so you can find it. I'm going to be honest and say that this is a little bit vulnerable for me to be putting out something that's energy work related because while that has been a part of my experience pretty much my entire adult life, it has not been a part of my public persona or what I'm putting out there for the last few years, really for the last five plus years. So this is me following my intuition, putting something out there that I'm really hoping that even just hearing this and thinking about it, even if it's not for you and you don't want to hang out with me for 20 minutes, that just this episode and thinking about it will already help you feel like you can get into more effective action around what's happening right now. And to, if you want to use your own incandescent rage or whatever you're feeling to put yourself out there, be that light, be yourself, share your own stories and just get involved however you can. I think we need a lot of different people doing a lot of different actions. There's not one right path with this. And whatever you feel called to do, wherever you feel you can be the most effective, just start. Just do what you can and then rest when you can, even if it's just in those little playful spurts. I will also put a few links in the show notes of some places I think look cool so far, and I will keep updating that if it turns out that those organizations are not great, which again, I'm just really trying to lean into the anti-perfectionism right now and just keep taking the next best action that I know how to take and that I'm able to take. One of those actions for me will be, I always donate 5, 10, 10% of my income, but specifically for these energetic shift calls, because it is to get into action around in particular, the Roe v. Wade ruling, I'm going to be donating, honestly, probably more than 10% to abortion-related funds, some of which I will link to in the show notes. And I'm also trying to follow community-organized work and especially Black and Indigenous-led and queer-led work. I'm actually really excited about the guest that I'll be posting next week, would have been posting today, but really wanted to do this instead. They quoted an indigenous TikTok creator who said, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, it's not decolonizing if it's not centering queer indigenous youth in the future. I will link that TikToker below, but again, that'll be in next week's episode as well. So you'll hear more about that creator. And yeah, I'm feeling a lot of feelings. I imagine you are feeling a lot of feelings. I hope that today's episode gave you either a new practice for maybe processing some of those or 
a deeper way of doing things that you already do. Or you're just like, nope, absolutely not for me. I'm going to keep doing this other thing. Totally fine. I love having a robust toolkit myself because depending on how I'm feeling and what's going on, I will often use totally different types of tools to feel better. And then I'm just reminding myself again that right now the purpose of me feeling better is to get just enough of that safety so that I can get back out there and stay involved and keep fighting the fight. And if you feel that I may be able to support you in doing that, I would love to hear from you. And if you have any links that you'd like me to include, I will update the show notes with that as people send them in. So this could become quite a list. There are also tons of lists out there of resources. So by all means, use those. I'm not trying to create an exhaustive list. I'm just letting you know, here are ones that seem well-structured, well-supported, and led by folks whose leadership we desperately need. Thank you so much. I'm sure you can, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe you can hear the emotion in my voice today. I really, I'm really feeling it. And I'm here for you. We're in this together. This is a community issue, not a personal issue, not an issue of one or two genders, but it affects everyone. And my heart goes out to everyone who is immediately personally affected by this. I'm so sorry that this is where we're at and this is the world we have, and I am committed to helping change it. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next Friday. Thanks for listening. If you know someone who would be helped by this podcast, please share it with them. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and suggestions at Mattia at MattiaMarie.com. That's M-A-T-T-I-A at M-A-T-T-I-A-M-A-U-R-E-E dot com. Thank you.